At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the Chicago City Cast with Danny Burke, presented by Bet Rivers. Okay, welcome back into another edition of the Chicago City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Danny Burke here, as always, your host. Remember, you can get in touch with me on the tweets at Danny Burke 5. You can also get a hold of my show, Rush Hour, on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, Monday through Friday, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time. Broadcasting, as always, live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook. So check it out if you're down at the casino. If not, get a hold of us, Marquee Sports Network, Fubo TV, Sling TV, the Xfinity app, YouTube TV, iHeartRadio, basically wherever you get your podcasts, and BSIN.com. So I hope you enjoyed the NFL Super Duper Wild Card Weekend, whatever the hell they're calling it, Super Wild Card Weekend. Well, it wasn't really super. It actually kind of stunk and not stunk in the sense that the teams that I wanted to win didn't win. I mean, there were a couple situations like that, but these games really were not competitive whatsoever. The closest one, what you had the Cowboys and the 49ers and I guess the Bengals and the Raiders, but really these matchups had a lot of excitement behind them and there were just clobberings all around. Now, there was a stat that I couldn't remember the exact number, but a couple people came on my show. I think it was Brady Cannon, former Super Contest champion, great mind when it comes to betting not only football, but baseball and golf. And he brought up the stat that whatever the year was since 1980, I don't know how long it was, but that whatever team won in the wild card round, they were covering at over an 80% clip, which which is just insane, just absolutely ridiculous. And look what came through. I mean, these teams just absolutely pummeled their opponents for the most part. I mean, the Bengals, they won, they covered, they won 26 to 19. Bills destroyed the Patriots 47 to 17. What was that? Like a four and a half point line at the end. Bengals is like five and a half. Uh, Buccaneers, Eagles, this one, this you saw late money come toward Philly. And you would think the weather was going to be windy and have an impact and maybe pertain to the Eagles in the running game. No, 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 no. Tom Brady did Tom Brady things. Jalen Hurts, Nick Sirianni couldn't step up in the moment. We teased them down, but we'll get to the other part that screwed us in the teaser. Cardinals, I'm looking at you. But the Buccaneers rolled. They closed as like seven and a half, seven point favorites. They win 31 to 15. 49ers, Cowboys. This thing was teetering between three and a half and three. 49ers went out right 23 to 17. The Cowboys, I guess we'll get into these recaps in just a second, but the Cowboys are such a frustrating team, but good for the 49ers. 
Chiefs, Steelers. Did you really think that Steelers had a chance? Big Ben knew they didn't have a chance. And obviously he was being facetious during his press conferences, but deep down everybody knew they were going to get destroyed probably. But in the second time around, could they have done well enough to cover? Clearly not. I stayed away from it. Only did Big Ben over his pass attempts of 38 and a half. And of course, he still gets in the 40s. So had that as a nice hit. 42 to 21. Kansas City gets the job done. And then last night, as we were recording this, Rams, because we're recording this on Tuesday. So last night, the Rams defeated the Cardinals 34 to 11. My God, that line came down from five to even three. The Cardinals could just not do anything. I want to start with this game, first and foremost. And I'm someone who liked the Cardinals in this spot. I, I teased them up to plus 10 and a half. You know what? If they lose, so be it. They've lost by more than 10 only twice this season. And it's a familiarity with the division opponent third time around. You got to think they'll probably keep it relatively close. Nope. They were down 28 to nothing at one point. Just an absolutely pathetic, gross devastating, embarrassing, but whatever the hell you want to call it, you might as well have not even showed up to the playoffs. And I know people kind of give the Cardinals fan base flack because really, I don't know, maybe not that vocal at the stadiums, whatever it is, because I don't want to say I feel bad for the Cardinals fan base, and I do, but it's just like, what an absolute tease this season. And I get it. You dealt with injuries. Guess what? So did everybody else. DeAndre Hopkins, arguably the best receiver in the league. I think you can make the argument for sure that he is. I probably would. And yes, that is going to be a significant loss. But it's still inexcusable just how poorly this team played, not only in this game, but in the ending stretch of their season. A lot of it attributed to Cliff Kingsbury, a guy who I bet at one point to win coach of the year, him and Brandon Staley. And look, he was the short shot. When Colt McCoy was winning them games, he was the guy. But this has been the consistent trend now with Cliff Kingsbury struggling in college in the latter half of seasons, struggling in the NFL now in latter half of seasons. I'm terrible. You just got blown out by the Rams. And the Rams, yes, they have the potential to be a great team, but we have seen them struggle in many, many spots this season. I don't know, man. I mean... You got to fire Cliff Kingsbury, I think. I truly do. And you would say, what the hell are you talking about, dude? You just voted for, you bet him to win coach of the year. He was a short shot. Cardinals were the best team in the league toward the beginning of the season. Cool. What did that up, add up to now? You have seen his true colors. You have seen the trends, what has happened in the ending stages of his seasons. He is getting out coached left and right in these games. You can say, well, they beat the Cowboys on the road. Cool. Kyler Murray doesn't lose in Jerry World. Look at what happened to the Cowboys. Mike McCarthy, arguably just as poor of a head coach. You can argue that for sure. You can argue a lot of things after this weekend. But I think what we can all agree upon is Cliff Kingsbury is not the guy for the job. I think we should be able to all concur with that statement. And if you disagree... Tell me why. Tell me why you think Cliff is deserving of this head coaching job based on the talent that this Cardinals team has, based on how well they were performing at the beginning of the season, and then correlating that with the execution we have seen in the ending stages of this season leading into that final matchup against the Rams. What a pathetic performance that you clearly were not ready for. And maybe the Rams are just that much better. Maybe they are. 
but also maybe Cliff Kingsbury is just really not that good of a coach. I, You know, they keep showing his face on the sidelines every time they're struggling. He just has like that dumb look on there. Sorry, the noise from my laptop. Always forget to turn off the volume. What I was going to say is you always go to the sideline, you see the shot to Cliff Kingsbury, and he's just kind of got like an open mouth look like, uh, what What do I do here? Like, he's, he looks clueless out there. And again, it's not all attributed to him in the sense of why the Cardinals struggled. Kyler Murray was absolutely struggling. The defense couldn't stop the Rams. Turnovers, everything. But you have a lot of talent there. And I truly think Kyler Murray is a great quarterback. I do. And I think this Cardinals roster is talented enough to get to the NFC Championship game. Maybe not this season. But with the talent they have, they should be a team that could be worthy of reaching that stage. I don't think that's a crazy statement to make. Okay? If you get the right coach, if you build up your defense a little bit more so, you can have a great team in Arizona. All right? That's my sentiment on them. And I'm kind of harping on this a lot, not just because I'm ranting because they couldn't even cover the teaser, but I think when you look at a guy like Cliff Kingsbury, because, you know, us Chicago fans in the midst of deciding who we want to see as the Bears head coach you can get caught up in these sparks. You can get caught up in these quick flashes of great looks for these coaches, for these players, for these teams. But what you really want is the long-term success. And it may not be pretty the whole way through. I don't know. Take a look at the 49ers. Man, you know who was on the hot seat? Shanahan. And I was like, you're putting him on the hot seat as a Bears fan. I will gladly line up to take Kyle Shanahan. Now look at them. Divisional round against the Packers. Maybe they can keep it close and win. Who knows? You take a look at Mike Vrabel. The Titans. They had some ugly spots. They dealt with a crap ton of adversity. He might win coach of the year. And they got a bye. I don't know if they'll beat the Bengals. But they're in a pretty good spot. A lot of these teams are in a good spot. And just because... They look good in one area does not mean it's going to correlate over the long run of a season for a team. You couldn't do it with Mike McCarthy and arguably a team that's going to have its most talented roster in quite some time. I got to start stop saying arguably the show. <laughs> the Cowboys, who knows what's going to happen with Zeke? Who knows what's going to happen with Tony Pollard and whoever else may be up on their contract? I'm not saying those guys are, but you get the point of what I'm saying. But you look at this past weekend and you think, all right. Who, which team and which coach would I want representing the Bears after what we saw? Well, the couple names that come to mind, Brian Dable, Leslie Frazier, both on the Bills, great performances on both sides. Byron Leftwich, Todd Bowles. I'm not saying Todd Bowles I want, but those are the guys in consideration. Nathaniel Hackett with the Packers. We'll see what he's able to do. But man, I mean, that's the thing when you're just, when you're looking at these coaches and that could be the one, and, and I'm not trying to go against Brian Dable. I think he could be a really good coach. I'm just in a weird spot with him because I'm in that state of mind where it's like, yes, he has success with Josh Allen, success with all this talent around him in Buffalo and in that division with Sean McDermott as his head coach. How much is that going to translate to him being the sole head coach in the NFC North with a young quarterback, not as good of weapons, and a slightly worse defense. Probably more than slightly. They're the number one defense in the NFL. Is it going to be a flash in the pan? Or is Dable for real? Yes, he had great work. With that offense. 
against the Patriots. I'm not surprised the Bills routed them. The Bills are so talented, and I bet them to win the Super Bowl along with the Chiefs. I'll get more into that in a second. I think I talked about it last week, but we'll still revisit it. But is Dable a guy who is going to be maybe a Kingsbury to where, yeah, we know he knows his offense. He's going to show you some good stuff for several games. Get your hopes up. But then when it comes to the thick of it, is it not going to come through? I don't know. That's kind of what I think for a brief moment when I think of Cliff Kingsbury and Brian Dable maybe. And maybe I'm just completely disrespecting Dable here. And that's not really what I'm trying to do. Because if the Bears do end up hiring him, I'll be very supportive of it. And I think he could be a great coach. And you could make those concerns with Byron Leftwich that maybe that would be the situation that we saw with Cliff Kingsbury. And it's different. You know, Cliff coming from college didn't even have that much success there. So it was kind of a head scratch hire in the first place. I guess I'm just trying to compare this in the general sense of if you're the Bears, you don't want a guy who's only going to give you flashes of stardom. You don't want a guy who is a pseudo good head coach. You want someone who is there for the long process, who knows how to develop these players and can deal with that adversity in the game. You want a coach who can play from behind and knows how to scheme in that regard. Cliff Kingsbury is not that guy. Mike McCarthy is not that guy because the Cowboys and Cardinals cannot play from behind, folks. All right? The Bills, they've kind of been a team that haven't been able to do that. The Bucs have been a team that have been playing from behind a lot. Again, how much do you want to attribute that to Tom Brady? How much do you want to attribute that to the play calling of Byron Leftwich? I will leave that up to you. But it's going to be very curious. I mean, we're all going to be curious to see what this coaching search narrows it down to and why they chose whom they chose. But you don't want something like a Cliff Kingsbury to where you're kind of getting there and then you're like, all right, we take one step forward and two steps back because I think that's the state of the Arizona Cardinals right now. They're in a tough angle if they have Kingsbury as their head coach still. And maybe I'm just trying to, you know, correlate something in a stupid area with even bringing that up. But I think it's worthy of a conversation because we don't want to get, I mean, think about it. That's what happened with Matt Nagy in 2018, right? Coach of the year, made the playoffs. Defense was phenomenal. Offense looked a little bit better. He was unique. The league caught up to him. Hey, the league caught up to Cliff Kingsbury this year, folks. Last year, whatever. They weren't that great. But they were competitive. This year, very competitive. We're the best team in the league at one point. Didn't come to fruition. Sounds familiar with Matt Nagy. Could not be consistent. Had to rely on your defense to get the point differential and couldn't develop a quarterback. And I'm not saying that's the issue with Kyler Murray per se, but Matt Nagy and Cliff Kingsbury Kind of the same to where it's like, yeah, you'll have your sparks to stardom. Matt Nagy, 2018, Cliff Kingsbury, beginning of this year. But then what happened when it really mattered? Oh, you lost in the first round of the playoffs. Oh, you couldn't continue that success. That's why you got to be really careful, really detailed, and really persistent of these coaching interviews and of who you are going to narrow it down to. But based on what you saw to the Bills this weekend, does that give you more hype for Brian Dable? Should it? Yes. But should that alter anything you had before the game of your thoughts on him? No, because you knew that this offense was capable of that. And if you didn't know before, well, then you just weren't paying attention and you did now because it's the postseason. But Dable is absolutely a mask calling offensive plays. Can he do that with this Bears roster, though? Byron Leftwich, can he do that with this Bears roster? He's got a lot of help from Tom Brady, folks. We know that. Dable's got a lot of help from Josh Allen. 
how much is it the quarterback and how much are they learning from that quarterback can translate it to Justin Fields and do it on their own with less talent with this Chicago team. I'm still team left, which I wouldn't hate Dable. I'd put Dable probably like top three candidate, but I think Byron Leftwich could be the most relatable from a player coach perspective and could develop Fields the best. Josh Allen was a very athletic and great at improvising type of quarterback with a huge cannon right out of the gates, right? And yeah, there were questions of him after year one, kind of sloppy all over the place. So the development came about. But can that happen with Justin Fields going into this upcoming season? Can Dable do that right away? Or will that be a longer process for him and a quicker one for Leftwich? Who knows? But Leftwich is getting some interest out of the Jaguars, and I'm afraid he might go there. Staying in that warmer weather. He's got the tie for sure from his playing career. But look, from this past weekend, what did you see? You saw success out of great quarterbacks with a lot of offensive weapons. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. They got a stacked team. 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo does enough to get the job done. Great coach with Shanahan. Great with uh, receiving weapons. IU, Kittle, Debo Samuel. Rams, Stafford, really solid quarterback. Cup, Odell Beckham Jr., Van Jefferson, Tampa Bay. You're injured, but you still got Tom Brady. You still got Mike Evans. You still got Rob Gronkowski. Bills, Stephon Diggs, Davis, Cole Beasley, Josh Allen. You get it. Great defense. Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes and company. You need the quarterback and you need the receivers and you need the coach in place to be able to develop that quarterback and scheme properly with those receivers. So which coach do you believe is the one to do so? I think it's Byron Leftwich. I don't hate the idea of Dable at all. Nathaniel Hackett, I think the jury's still out on him a little bit. But in terms of the Bears coaching news, the past week or so, the other day, right, they announced they completed interviews with that Dodds for the GM job, Colts guy, Matt Eberflus, DC for the Colts. That tandem wouldn't be bad. And the issue, and, and it's funny because people look at Leslie Frazier and you go, well, you know, former Bear, 85 team, and as a number one defense in the league, but why are people so adamant to go against him? It's because, in my opinion, a couple of things. One, the Bears can't go defensive. And if you do, I think it's okay if you were to pair up the GM with the Colts and Eberflus, who could bring on a good OC. Frazier could maybe do that, sure. I just am not all in on him. I mean, this Bills defense is very good, but I don't think they're great. I think they have favored from a beneficial schedule We'll see what they can do against Kansas City. And heck, their defense did really well against Kansas City. I think they won 38-20 to earlier this season against Kansas City on the road. I just don't think he's the right guy. And I don't think the Bears should go in the defensive direction. They absolutely shouldn't. But if they do, I would want Eberflus to be the top guy and paired with their GM, Ed Dodds. That would be the combination I think would suffice. But they need to go offensive. That's who wins Super Bowls nowadays, folks. Take it or leave it. That's the way it is. That's the way the world of the NFL works. But today they're looking at Patriots executive Elliot Wolf, Colts college scouting director Morocco Brown. We've talked about that. Later this week, Bears will interview Bucks offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich. And Todd Bowles looks like this weekend he will be talking with the Bears, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. 
I think that's what it. And then you got Dan Quinn, Cowboys defensive coordinator. Uh, sometime this week, he's going to be meeting with the Bronco, uh, Broncos, Vikings, Dolphins, and the Bears. No, thank you, Dan Quinn. Absolutely not. Great guy. Seems like an awesome dude. No, 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 no. I will lose my freaking mind if Dan Quinn is hired as the head coach of the Bears. I don't think he's going to be. I put Leslie Frazier over him. I put pretty much everybody over Dan Quinn. Todd Bowles or Dan Quinn, that's actually a good question. Now that I'm asking myself in this conversation, just speaking to myself, man, am I crazy to say Todd Bowles? I think I would like Todd Bowles over Dan Quinn. I don't think Dan Quinn is a Bears head coach material. You are going to get no offense out of this Bears team if Dan Quinn is your head coach. Is he bringing Kellen Moore with him? No. Kellen Moore is going to be maybe the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. Yikes. I get it. They got to go through the process. Doesn't mean it's coming to fruition, but we're just speculating at this point. But a lot you could take away from these potential coaches all featured in these playoff games. Cowboys guys are not featured in it anymore. Cowboys are such a disappointing team. They're such a boomer bust squad. Like They can't play from behind. They cannot do it. What a frustrating team. No kidding. Same with the Cardinals. Cowboys even more so though. They had a little bit more consistency and health. That's for sure. But man, how are you feeling about this postseason at this point? Who do you think is going to win it? I bet the Bills 8-1 to and the Chiefs plus 425 to win the Super Bowl because my thought process was those two teams are going to win their first round games. They will inevitably meet up in the divisional round and then whichever team wins that game will represent the AFC in the Super Bowl, meaning they would go on to beat the Titans or the Bengals. And then at that point, making it to the Super Bowl, since I had the plus value from before the postseason started, I can either hedge, I can sit back on it, I can look at a different way, a few different ways to attack it. NFC is kind of a complete crapshoot to me. You know, any team could represent it and come out, and I really wouldn't be too surprised. I mean, if the 49ers came out, I'd be a little surprised, but really, when you're looking at the underlying analytics and stats, this team is right where they should be. And I didn't think there was too much value in the NFC. So that's why my approach was that way in betting the Super Bowl futures. But now at Bet Rivers, you still got the Packers as a short shot, plus 350. Chiefs are 4 to 1, so you're getting 25 cents less than what I got. Bills are 5 to 1, $3 less. Bucks at plus 550. I think they were plus 750. Rams are plus 750. They were in the double digits. Titans 9 to 1. They actually moved down. I think they were like plus 750. 49ers 12 to 1. Of course, they moved, or I meant the Titans moved down in the sense that they became a longer shot. 49ers became a shorter shot down to 12 to 1. Bengals were 18 to 1. Now they're 15 to 1. I think the Bengals have a great shot at beating the Titans. Doesn't mean I want to bet them with their futures. Did the Rams do enough to warrant a bet on them? I don't know. Bucks are a little bit banged up, but I think Tampa Bay is still the better team here, right? Tampa Bay. I, I, I kind of wanted to stay away from them. And I've always been pretty high in Tampa Bay from last year to this year. You know, we had our 7-1 for them to win the NFC. Last season, they go on to win the whole thing. I mean, it's easy to be high in them when you have Tom freaking Brady and all the weapons they had. But now they're losing weapons. Tristan Wurst on the offensive line a little bit banged up. Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette. You know, they got their injuries. It's going to be a hell of a game, I would assume. You know, I got to stop saying that. Oh, I said every game in the... Wild card week, it was going to be a hell of a game, and there was none, really. But who would you put your money on right now? I don't think 
you should take the Bills at five to one. And that's me wanting the Bills to win the most because I got them eight to one, thinking that they have a good shot at beating the Chiefs, perhaps. But the thing is, that game is so tough now, and the fact that you're getting three dollars less, I would probably. I mean, I guess I'd look at it this way. Let me let me rephrase this. If you still want to get involved and kind of take the same approach I did, and instead of betting that Chiefs and Bills game, you know, straight up whoever's going to win, take one of the one or the other to win the Super Bowl or to win the AFC. Chiefs plus 175 to win the AFC. Bills plus 220. You know what? That's going to be better value on those respective teams than it is betting them on this upcoming matchup. Because the rollover price, if it's against the Titans, I mean, it's probably not going to be too much different if it's against the Bengals and or Titans. But again, I just can't foresee Tennessee or Cincinnati overcoming Kansas City or Buffalo. So honestly, that might not be a bad approach, folks. Whoever you think is going to win the Kansas City and Buffalo game, maybe take those odds to win the AFC instead. Plus 175 for KC, Bills plus 220. Or to win the championship, even better, 4-1 to one for Kansas City, Buffalo 5-1, to one, so you could get the hedging opportunity for the big game. But yeah, I mean, after this weekend, just to kind of sum it up once again, the Bills can beat anybody. The Chiefs can beat anybody. And aside from that, looking deeper, Tom Brady is still Tom Brady. The 49ers might just shock some people, folks. Don't hate on Jimmy G too much, even though he's banged up. We'll get more into these games later on throughout the course of this week. But Jimmy G and the 49ers are for real. They got to get healthy. Fred Warner's got to be healthy. But guess what? The Packers, terrible against the run. 49ers thrive in the running game. We'll talk more about that on Rush Hour tonight on VEASAN. Check it out, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time. We'll probably discuss it more so throughout the course of this week here on the Chicago CityCast. But... Uh, yeah, I mean, recapping this weekend, pay close attention, guys. Byron Leftwich, Leslie Frazier, Brian Dable, Nathaniel Hackett. How are those coaches looking? Which one do you want representing the Chicago Bears going forward? You'll find out after this weekend. I think you'll have a great opportunity to do so. If Tom Brady and company can't get anything going against this Rams defense, well, tip of the cap to the Rams. Maybe the Bucks had some banged up players. But if they can, with their limited talent, and I say that relatively, of course, but he lost Antonio Brown, he lost Chris Godwin, Byron Leftwich, he's a dog, I'm telling you, I think he'd be great. I want him, baby. Give him to me. I was going to go over those odds, but they're not posted at Bet Rivers right now. They get taken on and off pretty frequently, so hopefully they'll be up uh, by the time we do the next episode. But a lot more to unpack throughout the remaining week, getting you prepped for the NFL Divisional Round. And yeah, just recapping the weekend, blowouts all around. Let's hope it's a little bit more competitive. Unless you're betting one side, you know, have a sweat-free bet, of course. But don't get caught up in the flash-in-a-pan type of coaches like a Cliff Kingsbury, guys. See which ones can deal with the adversity, prosper through, and at least keep the damn game close. 
Brian Dable, Byron Leftwich, we're looking at you boys. All right, coming up next, let's give you some best bets here. I got to play for some college basketball. How about it? I really don't touch too much college hoops. Don't think it's the best product, and I'll tell you why coming up next. But I got to play there, and we got to play in hockey tonight. So stick around. Some best bets coming up. Second part of the Chicago City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers Sportsbook wants you to experience rush pay. When you want to cash out your winnings, you don't want to wait two days just to get the go-ahead to withdraw your money. That's why Bet Rivers created Rush Pay. With Rush Pay, 80% of withdrawal requests are approved instantly, meaning you'll get your money faster. Why wait? Get your cash when you want it. Bet with a winner. Bet with Bet Rivers Sportsbook at BetRivers.com. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. Must be 21 years of age or older. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling one 800 gambler one 800 Okay, back at it here on the Chicago City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Danny Burke, your host here as always. Remember, you can follow me on the tweets at Danny Burke 5 Feel free to chirp at me, critique me, whatever you got, anything you want me to talk about betting-wise, Chicago sports-wise, anything, we'll get you covered, but at Danny Burke 5 on the tweets. All right, wanted to give out a few bets here on the show. Or not a few, a couple, I guess. So uh, let's talk hockey first. Man, how about those Blackhawks? I mean, you lose into the Kraken in a shootout. You know I'm frustrated as hell with Chicago because I'm like 1-4 in four in betting them. It's one of those teams, like we discussed last week, you always have one in each sport that just screws you no matter what. I didn't bet the Blackhawks last night, but they were getting on a nice streak, and you're taking on a vulnerable Seattle team. You get a point, but I don't know. You got to pull that thing out. Let's talk a game tonight, though. It's not anything related to Chicago, but since it's kind of a drier week, I wanted to give you a play still. And I'll go more into this on Rush Hour, and we'll get Andy McNeil on tonight, NHL expert over at VEASAN, so you get more in-depth analysis. Him and I might be button heads on this play, though. I'm looking at the Florida Panthers tonight. They open minus a buck 20. They're on the road taking on the Calgary Flames. Currently at Bat Rivers, Florida, they've been getting steamed up, folks. They're up to minus a buck 48. Look, Calgary is on quite the opposite trajectory as this Florida team right now. Panthers are on a four-game winning streak. 8-0-1 in their last nine games. The Flames, they've lost four in a row. And more so, eight out of their last ten. Panthers beat the Flames recently in Florida, January 4th, 6-2. Same goalie matchup, presumably, as that game. Bobrovsky going to be tending the net for Florida. And Jacob Markstrom for the Flames. Markstrom, 12-8-5 this season. 2.2 goals against average and a save percentage of 92. However, gave up six goals in that last game against Florida. Sergei Bobrovsky, 19-3-3 this season. 2.5 goals against average and a save percentage of 92 for Bobrovsky versus Calgary. Only allowed those two goals on 49 shots. The Panthers are riding a hell of a hot streak right now. They are confident. Flames are in completely the opposite direction. Flames haven't played since Thursday. Panthers haven't played since Saturday. So they're both fairly rested. Big line movement toward Florida. Can't say I disagree with it. And maybe you'd think, hey, it's a bounce back spot for uh, Calgary. And look, I, if that came to fruition, that wouldn't shock me. I mean, anything in hockey can happen. We know that. But the Flames are just in a really tough spot right now. And Florida is feeling themselves. And I think you're getting 
relatively a reasonable enough price. I probably wouldn't go over minus a buck fifty with the Panthers, but if you get it below a buck fifty, I think Florida's worth a play here tonight against the Flames. And then college basketball. So I played them, by the way, the Panthers minus a buck forty-five. All right, here's my thing on college basketball. I don't want to say I used to love college basketball. I mean, I love college basketball, March Madness, conference tournament play, right? And I think that's a majority of the sentiment of people watching it. And absolutely all respect to the people who can handicap it from the beginning of the season to the end and tie that in with NBA, NHL, you know, and realistically, you want to narrow down your top sports. So you go quality over quantity. And that's really why I don't get into college basketball too much. But we are getting a little bit slower now that the NFL is slowing down. Bears news slowing down. Well, not slowing down, but when you're not getting as much head coaching stuff. And I just think the product's not that good, guys. I really don't. College basketball. And you can't really yell at the college basketball kids that much, I feel like, without feeling guilty. You could say, well, why can't you do that for college football? I don't know, because they're very talented. These dudes are absolute studs out there. You get a few studs in college basketball, but for the most part, there's just so much turnover and so much going on with action. It's really hard to keep track of. So that's why I don't really get involved until conference play or even conference tournament play. I'll let everything kind of unfold, and then I'll see which teams are for real. But when there's a decent spot, I will try to approach it. Wisconsin and Northwestern. Now, I know you can't bet this game in the state of Illinois if there's anyone listening out of the state or, you know, you do it the old-fashioned way. I'm sure you could find a way to get involved I like this game, and I'm fading Northwestern. Sorry, folks. And this is probably going to be a big public and pro play because the movement has gone toward the Wisconsin Badgers. They opened as low as like minus one and a half, minus two, and now they're as high as minus three. Northwestern's coming off a great game. They beat Michigan State on the road on Saturday, 64 to 62. So is this going to be a letdown spot, or can they keep the train rolling? Well, Pete Nance, their top player, is questionable with a little bit of an ankle issue. And don't forget, Wisconsin's a pretty damn good team. They're on a six-game winning streak themselves. They're 7-3 and three against the spread their last 10 games. Plus, they got a six-game series winning streak against Northwestern. Four of them have been by double digits. Doesn't mean that's going to happen this game. Just wanted to throw that out there. Wisconsin's had a lot of time off. They've got rest. They've been prepared for this game. They beat Ohio State on the road, or actually at home, by double digits on Thursday, 78-68. to Wisconsin is the better team here. Northwestern, great win. Overall, not a great team. I think that was the high of their season, and they will come back down to reality when the Badgers come to town and take advantage of maybe a banged-up Northwestern team. And when it comes to betting the NBA, and I've been pretty vocal about this, I'm willing to lay more on the money line than deal with the spread. I don't want to have a bad beat because of a stupid last-second chuck-up, a stupid free throw at the end, whatever it may be. So I am just going to bet Wisconsin to win this thing outright. I bet them on the money line also at the price of minus 145. They are the better team. And I get why the line is shorter. Northwestern still fighting for everything. Home underdog here. Conference opponent. Still going still going tough. But look, I think Wisconsin is just far and away the better team. They will come through with the dub. That's what we're hoping for. But that's what I got for college hoops. And look, I'm sorry if you love college basketball. I'm not trying to diss it. It's just so hard to really be consistent in betting it. In my opinion. Oops, sorry. Hit the mic. In my opinion. That's why I kind of wait till those conference tournaments again. You get a little bit more feel for these teams. Just more fun to bet it in that basis. And then when you get to March Madness, we all love betting it then.
one of the most exciting times, not only for sports, but of course for sports betting. So don't get me wrong. I love it in that sense. Just it's really on a night to night basis, a tough sport to handicap. That's why I give all the respect to the people like Greg Peterson, you know, the college hoops guru. Follow him at GUnit underscore 81. Bets on literally every single college basketball game, sets his lines, makes the plays. Josh Applebaum does a great job with VEASAN, Matt Humans, Wes Reynolds, all those guys crush it. And Matt Humans was on Wisconsin here. So that makes me feel a little bit better about making the wager on this game. It's my first college basketball bet. I don't, not of 2020, of this college basketball season, but of 2022 as well. So hopefully we come away with a winner. So we're betting Wisconsin money line, Florida Panthers money line tonight. We'll see if the Bulls can bounce back tomorrow. I think they got the Cavs tomorrow. We'll talk more about that game. They're still tied for first right now in the East. Is it time to start sweating out our win total? God, I hope not. They need to get healthy. This is turning bad. Billy Donovan was a short shot coach of the year. Not anymore. Not anymore, folks. Ugh, we'll see. We'll talk more about that also. We got a lot. We'll talk NFL futures, more on the game-to-game -game updates, Bulls futures, MVP discussion kind of out of it for DeRozan. It wasn't too solidified per se, but there was a brief moment where it was legit. These past few games ain't helping. All right. Central division. Bucks are minus 121. Couple games back. We got to be objective. Is that worth the play? We'll talk about that more too. So plenty more betting action coming your way this week on the Chicago City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. But if you want more from myself, follow me on the tweets at Danny Burke 5. Always appreciate if you like and subscribe to the podcast. And then, of course, check out Rush Hour on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, Monday through Friday, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time. Go all national perspective. We'll talk more NFL. We'll get our expert opinions. And check that out, VSIN.com, the Marquee Sports Network, where the Cubbies play, iHeartRadio, so wherever you get your podcasts, YouTube TV, the Xfinity app, and Fubo and Sling TV. Thank you for joining Myself for another edition of the Chicago City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Until manana, folks, best of luck and take care. We'll talk to you the next time. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.